Hello, Belinda. Hi, Omar. What is this week's theme? This week's theme is card 26, Remembrance, represented by the poppy. When we're looking at this sketch in our hands, for the first time, I notice the little bristles on the stem. There's like like little hairs on the stem of the poppy. And then it kind of opens up and it's just like this beautiful petal that kind of wraps around. And I have to admit that this is one of the two favorite flowers in the Guide to Blooming Deck. I love the poppy in part because I'm a Californian and it's our state flower. And it's just, and they always just kind of come out of nowhere. And it's like this surprise every year, this bright orange, so beautiful that just opens up with the sun. I appreciate how in this sketch, Arlene features just one flower. And oftentimes when you see them in nature, they're wild, they're growing in in community. And, and it's just very striking to look into this opening of the poppy and even be able to see what's inside in this illustration. And I'm just really appreciating how um, it's really focused on one flower, one stem, which is very uh, fitting for this theme of remembrance. Last week's theme of hope had the azalea and it was this bunch of flowers. It was like five plus flowers, just like kind of all sort of overwhelming you with hope. And so I agree with you, the singularity that the artist Arlene captured in this sketch. And again, just those little bristles, like every little piece of this, because the the poppy just feels like it's going to fall apart in some ways. It's such a delicate looking flower and yet it thrives. You don't, once it's in the ground every year, it comes back. Not only is the poppy, the state flower, I had no, I mean, I knew it, but I didn't know it that, it's also kind of connected to the same poppy that opium is derived from. And and so it's just funny to be like, last week we were talking about the azalea and the mad honey um, that is created by the bees who pollinate from the azalea. Now the poppy and opium as this like major drug, but wasn't probably always. Um, and so I am also just sort of struck by at least in the last two weeks, this plant medicine, right? Like what is this source? Like these things are not just beautiful and decorative. This is really medicine and and part of healing in the world. I love seeing them grow all over the place um, in California and, and how they're always a reminder of stopping to just notice. In many ways, the theme of remembrance is so powerful in that this plant is here to teach us about being present and remembering what's important to us. And as I was researching, you know, the significance of the poppy, it's just so interesting how it's revered in so many countries all over the world. And it has symbolism around imagination, helping us with our sleep, uh, regeneration. It's just really a powerful uh, symbol of life and, and death. Mm-hmm. What were some of the specific uh, cultures and, and how did they sort of bring the poppy forth? 
Well, in uh, in Asian countries, uh, red poppies symbolize uh, success and good fortune. I thought that was really interesting. And in Europe, they're associated with uh, with literally remembering the dead, uh, which is so timely for this time of year when we're um, going into All Saints Day, uh, Dia de los Muertos. Um, it's just it's just an interesting time as we think about honoring our ancestors as well. I'm also really curious for folks that are listening um, to really connect in with your own uh, memories of this flower and what it means to you in your own culture as well. So now we'll get to hear from the artist Arlene, who spent 100 days illustrating a plant each day. And in a conversation with her earlier this week, it was kind of fun. It was honestly the first time that she and I have ever spoken. I've talked about her cards. I've held a gazillion circles. It feels like centered around the illustrations, but I've never actually gotten a chance to talk with her. And so getting to hear from her directly in her studio was beautiful. And I think one part that really sort of spoke to me was just this feeling that she had of being an outsider. And in some ways she was more comfortable with plants than people. And so, you know, I think it's it's fitting that she feels at home in the outdoors, but in so doing brings us with her. And now we're actually sort of all connected uh, in this beautiful way. She created in some ways by going outside, she created more spaciousness for all of us to gather. Here is the story behind the remembrance card featuring the poppy. I drew this flower on Memorial Day as a tribute to those who lost their lives in service to our country. I had remembered hearing about an art installation that commemorated Britain's fallen soldiers from World War I, where 888,246 ceramic red poppies, one for each British soldier that died in the war, was set up around the Tower of London. It created a sea of red around the outer walls of the castle. I find it powerful that a flower can hold so much symbolism for the beauty, fragility, and interconnectedness of human life. The poppy is beautiful and strong and everlasting in its ability to make us remember and relate to our own humanity, the fleeting nature of our own lives, and the connection we inevitably have with others through distance and time. When I looked up why they use poppies to commemorate a fallen life, I discovered the symbolism of the poppy for this exhibit came from a poem called In Philander's Fields, written by a Canadian World War I brigade surgeon and poet, Lieutenant Colonel John McRae, who noticed red poppies growing across a battlefield that had claimed the lives of so many soldiers in World War I. He wrote the poem in the voice of the fallen soldiers from the field where the poppies grew. In Flanders' fields the poppies blow Between the crosses, row on row That mark our place And in the sky the larks still bravely singing Fly, scarce heard, amid the guns below We are the dead Short days ago we lived Felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved, and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders' fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe, 
To you from failing hands we throw the torch, be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders fields. I love how in so many world traditions there's this embedded memory of the dead throughout time. And, you know, in in my culture, in the Chinese tradition, we have a holiday called Qingmingjie uh, in the springtime. And in, in this context, it's honoring the dead in battle. And with Dia de los Muertos, it's, you know, a time of uh, remembering our ancestors and their wisdom and how we can keep their wisdom alive. And just, it's important to remember the sacrifices. I feel like we've spoke about this in the past of the people before us and how that in their sacrifice, it creates this opportunity for new life and new possibilities and not to forget and to honor those sacrifices. So many feelings coming up right now. Maybe let's play with this a little bit. If you were to just sort of play with five words that come up with this word remembrance, and this is just as a practice, something that we Mm. can all do. What comes up? And we'll, we'll go back and forth here. Honoring. Embodiment. Sacrifice. Sadness. Death. Dirt. Rebirth. Fragility. Connection. Exchange. For folks that are listening, what word comes up for you around remembrance? I have to admit now that we're reflecting on this a little bit longer, the other word that's coming to mind is grandmother. Hmm. And just, you know, grounding it in the specific. I think that's, you know, what remembrance is about is it really is connected to someone that we've known and and how do we make that person or those people real today, right? I'm just imagining all the poppies in Flanders Field and each one kind of symbolizing a person and like how do we really sort of be specific in that memory. So what is the prompt for this week? The prompt is, remember someone you are thankful for. How can you honor them? So my grandmother, Emma, was born in China and came as a very young girl. um, And she had lost her father. And so um, her mom remarried and she was the oldest. And... She was a chemist. She actually went to Berkeley. Um, was probably one of the few females I had to imagine the time, not only at Berkeley, but in the field of, of chemistry. And she's many things. She ended up running a motel. She was a cigarette girl in Oakland at that fancy hotel there. Um, she sold Shackley vitamins. She loved playing. Uh, she was bold every week. 
And in fact, it was after she bowled. And I, I, she probably bowled usually around a 170 that she had an aneurysm afterwards. Mm. And I always sort of felt that that was like the perfect way for her to go is that she got to do something that we used to organize our family vacations around her bowling schedule. It was every Thursday. So we would leave like Thursday afternoon after she finished bowling in the morning and we'd have to be back by like Wednesday night um, the following week. And it was her community. And I always just felt like she wanted to go out being active and being full of life and doing something that she loved with people who were her friends. I didn't always appreciate her as a kid, but as soon as I was the first person to hear from the hospital that she was there in a coma, I was in tears. And all the sort of judgment or things that maybe we had disagreed on went out the window immediately. And it was just all I could actually feel was a great amount of love for her. Thank you for sharing that, Omar, and the memory of her. It's interesting when I was sitting with this theme of remembrance, uh, my maternal grandmother also showed up. Uh, my mother's mother, uh, her name is Zenzu, which uh, means pearl in Chinese. And uh, she had eight children. And my mother was the second to youngest. And growing as a child, as a little girl in Taiwan, she was the one that taught me about life up until I was five. And I remember how she showed her love through the things that she would create for, for me and my sister. She um, never learned to read. Uh, she, back in her generation, they didn't prioritize education for women. And so um, her expression, her language was through her creativity. And she would make uh, beautiful dresses for us as a way to show her love or knit a sweater for New Year's. And I just remember her teaching me about unconditional love, just the way that she would give the clothes off her back or any dollar amount that she had in her purse, she would just give to me and my sister just to show her love. And my mom at times would have to, would scold her for spoiling us. Um, and, but she, for her, it wasn't a sacrifice, even though we knew that there was some sacrifice of her time or the little bit of money she had, she gave to us. And when I um, immigrated at, at the age of five, I remember the hardest thing was not knowing if I would see her again because she was already in her 80s. And she ended up passing when I was 15 and um, there was no way we could go back to say goodbye. So my mother was the one that went and told her that we loved her. And as she was transitioning, she said our names of my sister and I, and it was a very sweet moment of remembrance. You know, when you think about 
as someone is transitioning, who they remember as they're departing, and as the one on the other side who's still here, you know, how do you also remember them? So it's a it's a beautiful kind of exchange of remembrance. Hmm. Thank you, Belinda, for sharing. It's powerful to imagine that even illiterate, it doesn't stop the language of creativity. And just imagine you here and how creative you are Mm -hmm. in all the things, whether it's entrepreneurial or, you know, I think you described yourself as a social artist and how this creativity keeps going. I'm also just struck by both memories that we have as for our grandmothers and in part, for me at least, I didn't know my grandfathers on either side, on my mom or my dad's side. They both passed before I was born. And so I think part of, and the other sort of I have to admit on this theme of remembrance, I am, as you know, Belinda, not someone that likes to look back. And it's really been through this practice um, with Gratitude Blooming and the card deck that I've been more intentional about looking back and reflecting i you know from three four five six generations now i'm able to kind of look back and and i'm excited that maybe this is something that my daughters can carry forward that the memories that i have and the stories that we have that they you know they have a very tight relationship with my my mom and both their grandmothers and uh yeah what does that living memory look like through their eyes i love this image of seven generations back and seven generations forward yeah when we situate ourselves in that continuum and that we realize that we, what is it we don't sort of inherit the earth we borrow it from future generations and I think that to me is also why remembrance is so important. And one, it does acknowledge those have come before us. But I think it's also a reminder of those who are yet to come. I think one of my favorite, um, Bruce Mao, he's a design thinker. And he said that when we have fear, we extract from the future. And when we have hope, we invest in it. And so in some ways, memory is a way for us to both acknowledge those who have come before us, but also remind ourselves of those yet to come with hope. I like that that was last week's theme. Yeah. Who knew that when we were scoping out the sequence for the podcast, how timely it would all connect? What would you think your grandmother would say about what you're doing today? I think she would be proud that I am living from the heart because that was the only way she knew how to live. What about your grandmother? Ah, that's a good question. I, I know my grandmother was proud of me, but she also this is old school, you know, lady. I remember coming home 
in 11th grade and we lived at, at my grandmother's house. Um, and I had just been voted president of the young Asian scholars club. And I came home to tell her and she said, well, how'd you do that? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you're not even Asian. <laughs> and so I was like, what? <laughs> I was so confused. Um, you know, because I was like, she was born in China. And, and I don't know if it was because I was born in the U.S. or because I'm, you know, my dad uh, is a white dude from Des Moines, Iowa. And um, I never quite understood why she said that. But she definitely had very strict sort of boundaries as to what things were. Things where I think were a little bit more black and white for her. Um, I would just say that she was willing to be many things, right? From a chemist to owning a motel to like selling, you know, vitamins. And so I think she would be proud that I've just stuck with my passions and not been limited um, in some ways. So in some ways she was very strict about in black and white about some things, but then she was also willing to just really follow her passion. She was a great artist. She had a beautiful Chinese calligraphy of horses that we still have in the house today. What a beautiful memory of her, very present in your home. So this week, we're going to try something a little different from with our Gratitude Circle stories. And again, Gratitude Circles are just a fancy way of holding space and picking cards and being present. Just in some ways, like what Belinda and I do each week on this podcast, which is like, let's, how do we just not use the sort of auto message or the auto reply that we often have in life and really just be present to what comes up? I know I was prepared to talk about my grandmother today. Um, and so for the circles, you know, there's really three principles that we try to hold. One, that each of us is our own best inner teacher and guide. Two is that there's no need to fix, save, advise anyone else. And then three, silence is a participant, which creates room for discomfort and discovery. And so in honor of the second guideline of really no fixing, saving, revising, we, we wanted to introduce a new practice called resonance. And resonance is really just about mirroring. So no need to comment on what other people are saying. And maybe you've been in a conversation with a partner and they're like, I just need you to listen. I don't need you to fix my problem. I just need for someone to listen. And mirroring or resonance is a way to show that you're listening without adding to it. And so we're going to practice that today with some of the clips. My grandparents, um, I was raised by them um, and they both, I saw them pass away, uh, one when I was 13 and the next one when I was 14. Um, it's been 29 years and I very, thankful for everything that they taught me that everything that they could give me 
um, to raise me well, to be the person that I am. I am so grateful that I was raised by them. And um, I, I miss them so much. <laughs> um, and I, to honor them is, I follow everything, everything that they taught me to keep doing as they, you know, everything that they told me to be a good person, to obey, to be grateful for whatever you have um, every day um, is a blessing. And, and yes, it is true. Uh, it is a blessing um, because I, like I said earlier, I got sick a year ago now and I'm still getting well, but it is a blessing because I was told I was not going to be able to walk and I am walking um, and it's been hard, but it's been hard work, <laughs> but it is a blessing to be able to do again, stand up and do steps and keep going. They're my my everything uh, uh, they give me the strength every day I know that for sure and to my son you know I have an 11 year old um, it's the same thing um, I wake up in the morning I do my therapy because I want to get back to him and yeah my grandparents were my my everything so I'm very thankful for them Thank you. I miss them. They're my everything. They made me who I am. Blessing. Gratitude. I am such an awe that this card was chosen. Um, my aunt passed away this morning and um, I've had a tough day. <laughs> and. And I feel like I came on here, you know, for a reason, but minute, you know, to come on here. And then, you know, I was um, speaking to her, hoping for a sign, you know, and I totally believe that this is a sign. It really is. Um, and, and, and she was such, such a fun, silly, playful person. So I, I'm thankful for her. And I think that's how I will honor her is to still keep my, you know, sense of humor and and her love for animals too. I mean, I kind of feel it with my dog. <laughs> she loved dogs, so um, yeah. I just I'm glad I can I was able to be here and that you picked that card. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, came here for a reason. Love of animals. This is a sign. I had a, a moment of remembrance in an interesting way yesterday. Um, right now, I'm spending time reading the book of Acts, and there are two people in the book, who uh, Paul and Silas, who were in prison. And while they were um, in prison, they sung. And while singing and praising God, like the prison doors opened up and their chains fell off. And I tell you, yesterday, I had one of the roughest emotional days that I had in a very long time. And I spent a lot of time like crying. And at the end of the day, I just put on like some, some praise music 
And I kind of remember what they did in that moment. Like they were literally shackled in jail and they decided, okay, they're going to sing. And that's how they got freedom just by singing. And so I was like, I was like, remember that. And it's like, why don't I just try it? And it worked. And I was emotional at the start of the day. And then at the end of the day, I was like very happy. Praise and the shackles fall off. Freedom from singing. What it says, remember someone you are thankful for. How can you honor them? And this Christmas, again, I think the COVID has brought us all back to basics, at least it has for me. But um, I have four grown children. They're adults, they have their own children. But back when they were at home and, and very small, every Christmas when we would receive Christmas cards after you displayed them, you know, whether you did by your tree or on a a wall or whatever way, I would take them down and I would put them on the dinner table. And each night when we had um, our meal, I would pick one of the cards like we're doing here uh, that had been sent to us. And we would think of that person and remember them, what we were thankful for. And we'd say a prayer for them. We'd send them a blessing, positive energy. So this was many years ago. So this year for Christmas, I just felt I had to do that. So the cards that I received, I put them by my nightstand. And I do that for each person. Then I change the card to another one. And I've been doing that since Christmas. And it's just a really neat way of connecting with these special people in my life. So I'm glad I remembered that tradition and revived it. Sending positive vibes, nightstand, tradition. Reviving, coming back to basics. I'm thankful for so many. My ancestors, my family, my grandparents, my father who passed when I was a baby. And honoring them, I honor them by living. I honor them by breathing. I honor them by being kind, being a good person. And I love poppies. We had them in our yard in Colorado. Honoring them by living and breathing. And being kind. And I love poppies. This practice of resonance is really powerful because it just, when we reflect and mirror without our own commentary, it really is actually a way to acknowledge the other person so that they can be seen, they can be heard. And isn't that what remembrance is about? Is even with the people who aren't necessarily with us, that they are still seen, that they're still heard, that they are in us and that we are part of them. And we don't need to add or adorn their stories with anything else other than just acknowledgement. We'll now hear a journal entry uh, from someone voiced by Melissa on our team. And we really encourage you to send us your journal entry. 
Uh, it can be by video. It can be by email. Um, you can go to our website, gratitudeblooming.com, on our social media. You can go to link on the bio, or you can just email us at pollinator at gratitudeblooming.com. We want to hear your stories. And if it ties to, in this week's theme, a remembrance of someone that you'd like to acknowledge, we'd love to hear from you. I got 26, Poppy, Remembrance, and number eight, Bleeding Heart, Community. Another number synchronicity, two plus six equals eight. Remembering and having gratitude for those who were, those who are, and those who will be puts things into perspective. And who I was, am, and will be need to lean more on my gratitude for being here now, able to enjoy the vibrancy of life. Life is not a trap, it is a gift. Spaciousness may come with this perspective to help enjoy the moment. Life is not a trap, it's a gift. Indeed. So what is our practice for this week, Melinda? Hmm. So this week's practice is to honor someone or something that made a sacrifice for you. So just take a moment to really think of a person, a pet, could even be Mother Earth herself. And just take a moment to feel the gratitude that you have. Feel it in your body, feel it in your heart. And then find a way to express that gratitude. Could be through writing, could be through singing or making something beautiful to honor it. And we'd love for you to share that story of honoring with us and with the people that you feel connected to around this remembrance. On our land in Mount Shasta, we have a beautiful place among a grove of trees called the Ancestral Grove. And that's the place that I go to connect with the memory of my grandmother. And on certain times of the month, I'll come to the place of the grove of the ancestors and I'll leave flowers just to say thank you to my ancestors and to my grandmother in particular for the life that she gave to my mother who then gave the life to me. So I share this story just to inspire you around how you want to express gratitude and honor those people, places, and things in your life that matter to you during this time. What a wonderful practice, Belinda. Thank you for sharing it with us. It reminds me of this post uh, 
I found this week. Nature is alive and talking to us. This is not a metaphor. Terrence McKenna. That's the earth is alive with all of our memories. I know I'm not going to look at poppies ever the same again after this conversation. (laughs) And I hope that you who are all listening, uh, if you are resonating with this conversation, please help support us by liking, subscribing, following, sharing. Let's keep gratitude going. Thank you. So I'm excited to announce our new gratitude hotline. And we'd love to hear from our listeners around an upcoming theme on community inspired by the bleeding heart plant card number eight. Which hearts in your community are you most grateful for? How can you express it to them? Please call us at 510-866-9648 and share your story of gratitude for someone in your community. We'd love to hear from you and share your story in our podcast episode. 510-866-9648. Thank you so much.